Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Mindful You podcast. My name is Alan Carroll, and I'm going to be your host as we journey together down the pathway of mindfulness to explore, to experience, to hear the stories and experiences of other mindful travelers who have been traveling the path in various forms, many paths of mindfulness. And I want to share a little bit of my background. And I'll divide this talk into two parts. First will be my background, which brings me up to the second part, which is, okay, Mindful You podcast. What does this fellow know about mindfulness? And part two is I'll share with you the mindfulness practice that I've been and my group has been teaching for the last 40 years as one of those paths that allows people to experience, to experience a sense of mindfulness and all the benefits that come with having a mindful state of consciousness. All right, yeah. welcome, App, to the Mindful You podcast. And I want to thank Great. you for being here today. And I'm excited because you are the ambassador of mindfulness for the one of the largest corporate organizations in the world, SAP. So I want to thank you for taking the time today to share with our audience. And I'd like to ask a question from a background of if if I was a manager like you for a for a corporation yeah. and I was thinking about benefits and mindfulness, I've heard about mindfulness, and yet I'm not quite clear. Uh, and I wish I could hear someone talk about mindfulness and share their experiences so I would feel more comfortable whether or not I can have this conversation brought into my in, into my organization also. So you've been mm -hmm. involved with mindfulness at SAP for how many years, Al? It's been three years now. Three years. All right. Backtracking to three years. Uh, what was the vision of of the people in corporate SAP that they decided that mindfulness was a a key differentiator or a very important characteristic to bring within the organization? Thanks, Alan. And first of all, thanks for having me in this podcast. It's incredible to catch up with you. We had great uh, experiences together, great training sessions together. And I'm so happy that mindfulness was at the core of what, of what you do and what we have been doing as well as part of our training programs. It's been nine years that I'm working for SAP. 
my mindfulness journey started back in 2018-19, where I was practicing a mantra meditation. And then in 2020, um, I just bumped into an email, came from the SAP Global Mindfulness Practice, Global Mindfulness Initiative, and they were providing a course. It's called Search Inside Yourself. Maybe you heard about it. It, this uh, the course content, the approach built by Google. Actually, they've done lots of research, they've done lots of workshop, and then they realize mindfulness really increased the productivity, overall well-being in the company, and it really increased the leadership skills, especially for the managers. So. SAP has decided to implement the same search inside yourself global mindfulness initiative across the globe, more than 100,000 people working for SAP. It's definitely not an easy task, but it's been 10 years that SAP implemented this methodology or initiative, let's say. More than 15,000 people participated in more than 55 countries now we reach out more than 70 internal trainers in more than 25 countries. We have 85 ambassadors, which I'm one of them, based in Dubai, covering the EMEA South countries. And our virtual community reached more than 15,000 people. So from my perspective, it really helped me to develop my leadership skills. I'm running workshops. I'm running um, guided meditations for the group kickoff meetings, for example. I deal with my team in a mindful manner, which I can discuss about the benefits later. But what I can say from an ambassador perspective as a receiver of this training, I've seen lots of benefits out of this uh, global mindfulness practice wow that that is wonderful to hear to hear your story let's take a look at the benefits uh, let's take let's just backtrack a little bit and how would you if i'm not clear about the definition of mindfulness and i'm listening to you talk could you just tell me in your own words of course the 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 definition or the, the idea of what mindfulness what what mindfulness is well, it's going to be a difficult task to define it to you because I learned the mindfulness from you. <laughs> uh, but my definition of mindfulness is basically regulating your attention consciously, your attitude, and then you don't judge anything. You just accept everything as it is in that moment. This is how I see mindfulness. So you bring your conscious mind into a state where you don't live in an autopilot world, but you actually notice everything around you in that moment. This is what mindfulness for me. Ooh, that, that, that's a very good definition of mindfulness. That, 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 that points to the, the fundamental skill is the skill of observation. To be able to observe, you're in a situation in the organization, 
Something, something's happening in front of you. Your five senses are plugged into it. You can see it. You feel it. And, and something's being stirred up. You feel something's being stirred. Energy stirred up. You got thoughts being stirred up. And you're able to step back. Notice that, that the woo. And just by noticing it, it begins to settle that energy. And so exactly what you said, I thought was, 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 was brilliant. Wonderful. It's great to hear the ambassador speak with such eloquence about about the idea of mindfulness, because you you hit it right on the head. It's that ability to observe your reaction and then transform it into a response. And that yeah. that that is mentally balanced, physically balanced, emotionally balanced. And and now you have nine years of practice at SAP. And it's exciting to hear that the there is people who say that things are are changing. Uh, people are changing, uh, and so what are some of the benefits that that you have noticed in your organization with with bringing mindfulness in? There are a couple of things that I can easily mention top of my head. First of all, the meetings become more productive. For example, there is a practice what I usually do as well. Before joining a meeting, I just take a minute. It's I would call it like a landing minute, for example, right? When you go to landing with the plane, everybody is kind of um, focusing on the landing. It's the same metaphor, let's say, for the meeting. I take a minute, focus on my breath, and then I go to into meeting to take the most out of it with the good intentions. Some of the managers, some of the people, I think we've done it and I'm still doing it. I'm not perfect. You go to a meeting and then still you're thinking of the previous meeting or you're thinking of the next meeting, right? What I'm going to say in the next meeting, what did they say to my, um, what did they make a comment about the previous meeting? You basically miss the moment Basically, that meeting is not productive because you're not focusing it, right? I think this is the first benefit in terms of productivity. If you become conscious about that moment, then you become more present and then you focus on the meeting. So the productivity goes up. Second is a personal power. If anyone bothers you, if any anything bothers you, instead of reacting, you take a moment and then you respond. This is where your personal power lies, I think. So you become more empowered. You become more powerful and strong because you are in control of the moment, right? So, and then you become free, Free of hassle, free of uh, anxiety, free of uh, thoughts, free of this chatter back of your head, right? So I think these two, having control <laughs> of the moment and the productivity, it's the best outcome. And 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 the word freedom, uh, uh, freedom is a another word that you said, which is that feeling of of non-judgmental being able to see that you just made a judgment and once again it goes back to the observation to see i just made a judgment still you, you 
I'm, I'm, I'm still going to make judgments. But I notice that I made a judgment. And I realize that the judgment is based on the past. And Absolutely. so I paint this moment with paint from the past rather than be present. And, with, and that is like erasing. You can, you can erase the judgments. It, the judgment disappear. And, and an important part of the mindfulness, which is the next question I want to get into, Al, is the, is the embodiment of consciousness rather than the disembodiment of following the thoughts in your head versus is, is there something else I can do? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's the breath and the body, which allows you to become embodied. Uh, and, and that begins to diminish that, that, that flow of energy to the thoughts. The flow of energy goes to the body where there are no thoughts. So yeah. what are some of the practices that, that you have uh, seen, done, or, or do yourself with the teams at SAP? Individual level, if I talk about myself, uh, I'm a pretty judgmental person. And what I realize, these judgments, as you said, it's coming from a programming, maybe from my childhood, maybe from the culture that I've been raised in, maybe from my parents, maybe the society, maybe the school, maybe the previous companies, right? This is absorbed by my subconscious mind, and then I'm judging everything right what i start to do still not perfect but i'm just a student as you said always so am i try try to notice it label it and then let it go focus on your breathing it's easy to say difficult to make right you're in a moment you say oh this email is bad wow bad or wrong or whom, or from what perspective, right? Because I'm just literally judging it. But instead of judging, I could just, I'm judging it right now, let it be, just breathe, and then think about your response. This is what I'm trying to do. It's it's good for self-awareness. So let's just, let's just go back on that one, uh, because it's real, real important that, that people understand clearly what step one is mm -hmm. and step one is before i try to stick my hands out into the world and make changes i better stick hands into myself and, and make sure that the, the instrument that is doing the perception is in a is in is, is, is stable uh, and the more stable it is the clearer you are about appropriate courses of action and often what I see is that people react to things in the outer world from a platform that is unstable. And you can, you can see, if you're looking, the, the instability simply by the pattern and control of their speaking. Because mm -hmm. when you're out of control, you're out of control, you're speaking. But if you are, your speaking becomes a lot more grounded, a lot more powerful, a lot more clear. Uh, you're not caught by a hook, by a story. Uh, and, and this, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're both on the same page. Is that correct? 100%. 100%. So, uh, go ahead and, and uh, talk about, so you mentioned guided meditations. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that to me is a wonderful tool. So share some of the the guided what is a guided meditation 
and what are some of the guided meditations. And as a matter of fact, I would like you, if you would, to lead us all in a guided meditation, a couple of minute guided meditation, so people can actually experience a guided meditation. Oh, okay, what was that? Um, for example, just a couple of uh, weeks ago, I was invited to a team kickoff uh, meeting uh, where the regional head wanted to create an awareness of the mindfulness and a bit of practice as well. And before we do a practice, I wanted to make them aware of themselves and also the, their surrounding, right? So I always start with uh, a concept of the VUCA world. We are living in a very volatile, uncertain, complex, complex and ambiguity environment, right? So they are aware that everything is changing, sometimes in their control, sometimes out of their control, right? So their mind is constantly on. There is a pop-up it says you got an email. There is a pop-up, you got an uh, SMS message. There is uh, something is happening and it's all distractions. Our mind is constantly on. However, by default, I think our body designed to be in the rest and digest uh, situation or status, let's say. So how are we going to bring our mind and body into rest and digest uh, status, right? Meditation is one of them. So this is how I build the story, make sure that they're aware that this world is out of their control, but what they can control is their body and the reaction. Very so nice. Go ahead to- and say that again, Al. They can control, say it again. They, you, you can't control what's outside of yourself, but you can control... Your reactions, your attitude, and your your state of mind. Yes, yes, and and your physical body. Absolutely, and, and you can control body. your breath. So, so True. these are things that are under your control. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got under your control. And now that I'm under my control, what did you do next? Um. So we are talking about the neurological system that we have. So if there is a, something out of our control, our body, our mind designed to attack. So it's like a flight and a fight mood all the yeah. time. So we perceive everything as a dan- danger. So like it's like a lion wants to eat us. Yes. Or, you know, or this dinosaur wants to attack us or something. Yep. However, it's just a perceived uh, danger Again, it comes from our back of our head, all of our programming. Yep. Programming coming from our uh, previous life. When you get to that level, when you increase your awareness, then you say, wait a minute. It's, I don't need to fight with everything It's coming to me. I can choose the battles. So they, you start to control your body, your breath, your reactions, your attitude, basically everything. So this is this leads to the, the next uh, to the next uh, let's say metaphor that I usually use. It's 
imagine the waves in the ocean. You cannot control the ocean or the waves, but you can learn how to surf on it. So basically, the world is going to happen. It's going to turn regardless if you worry about it, if you get anxious about it, if you get angry about it. It's okay, but you need to learn how to surf on these waves. That's the metaphor I'm using. Those, those are great, great metaphors. It's the, there is a, a waking up kind of experience from the dream of thought. Um, and, yeah. and what I notice in the work that I do is if I can have you wake up from the dream of speaking by consciously putting an empty space between the thoughts, you got to be present in the moment to be able to stop speaking consciously. Uh, and so that's another way of, of bringing mindfulness into, uh, in, in, into a corporation is, is through just, just the speaking piece. Uh, and that goes back to the leadership piece you talked about. Um, what are mm-hmm. some of the things that you see as a leader and a leader bringing mindfulness into their own way of being, what are some of the observations that you have seen? There are scientific evidences that's proven, let's say. It's been put out there that it really physically builds your uh, brain. Neuroplasticity that I'd like to also mention in any any. The mindfulness uh, conversation. It's like working out. When you work out your muscles, then you get bigger uh, muscles, right? Like biceps and so on. And meditation is similar to that. When you do meditation, it physically, physically helps your brain to grow. The gray matter is actually growing. This is incredible, really. Um, what I see as a benefit when I, when I talk to my colleagues in the Global Mindfulness Initiative, the decision-making process in a complex world, we talk about the VUCA world, it makes it easier because you make more conscious decisions rather than reacting something, you're responding to something, right? So in the complex environment, you make a better decision. I can talk about the creativity so Absolutely. meditation, mindfulness, in, increase your creativity, right? And uh, maybe last thing that I can talk about is the emotional regulation. Yes. So basically, you control your emotions. You just sometimes put your emotions away. And yeah. then with emotions, you are trying to respond to the situation. The, 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 I think I the regulating of emotions is is like there's there's so many things that you could get emotional about going on outside in the in the outside world across the planet that if you had a way oh that you could regulate your emotions so that you didn't get hooked by your emotions that I have emotions but I have control of the emotions rather than the emotions have control of me that would be that would be a major major underline it many, many times, benefit of mindfulness in a corporation. 
I think I asked you this during our uh, one of the training sessions. What about the feelings? And I remember you said feelings are like a uh, like a traffic signs or an indicator. It shows there is a red flag over here when you are getting angry at a situation. The situation is not making you angry. You are feeling anger because of that situation. So basically, as you said, we need to turn ourselves and regulate that emotion. Why am I feeling anger at this very moment? So many good things. Anger. What would it be like to be in an environment in which anger, attack thoughts, were totally eliminated? that people could regulate, they could still get upset, yet they're able to control the upset so that when they spoke, they didn't spoke from an ego, you but they spoke from a being of compassion, inclusion, seeing the different 360 points of view about it, and, and, and my physical body, when I'm speaking, is totally relaxed. Uh, mm. And that would be what a vision that that would be. And I, and I believe that mindfulness at SAP and the conversation of mindfulness is a, a pathway to that conscious keeping my body physically relaxed no matter what's going on outside of me kind of stuff. Mm. And one of the ways that I'd like to uh, complete our conversation is by having you do a, a two or two or three minute mindfulness guided meditation with us. We'll have our, we'll close our eyes, relax our body, so that people in the audience can actually experientially taste a little bit of the of of the secret sauce of mindfulness. Okay, all right. Um, we can. So we just need to find the posture that feels both relaxed okay. but alert at the same time. So we make sure that we are not sleeping. Uh, you can put your feet on the floor, hand on the sides. And we're not driving a car, by the way. We're, we are safe. Keep your eyes closed or with a soft focus. You don't need to close. Maybe soft focus just in front of you. Make sure that you are not getting distracted. Allowing the spine to lift, shoulders relaxed. Let's start with getting into a focused state of being. Become aware of your feet contacting on the ground. Then your weight pressure on the sitting bones on the chair. Then the sensation in your upper body. Take a deep breath. And then release it. You can feel the sensation of your breathing in your upper body. Whenever the sensation is most vivid for you, become your attention to your breath there. Consider your chosen sensation as the stabilizer of your attention to come back to your focal point whenever needed.
you may get distracted with some thoughts, sounds, or something you see. Just bring your attention back to your breath. Breath is your anchor to the present moment. Distractions are coming, they're going. Instead of hooked up with that or fighting with them, notice it, label it, let it be, and then bring your attention to your breath. You can take one long inhale and then deep exhale. And then slowly you can open your eyes. Very relaxing, very relaxing. And if I was listening to this podcast, then I could actually use that guided meditation with my team. It's a short one. I think it lasts about two or three minutes. And it just gets people to begin to disconnect from the outer world and focus more on what's going on on the inner world. I remember someone said that the, the way out is to go in. Uh, if you want to get out of whatever that, complex world that we live in with all the emotional things. Yeah, I want to get out of that. I'm going crazy. You got to go in to get out. And and so mindfulness is that journey inward. So I want to thank you, Al, for sharing with us the a journey that you're on personally and, and professionally. Uh, it was exciting to hear you share it. And I'm just so happy that now when we send it out into the universe, other managers and other corporate people and other people can begin to uh, integrate these these uh, easily gotten mindfulness tools. And uh, a couple of questions. One was, if, if I was wanting to get a hold of you or connect with you, is there a way that I can connect with you, an email or a website or something? Um, LinkedIn would be a great place to reach out to me. Alp Gechkalan, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's, it's, I have quite a big network, over uh, 10,000 people, and it's growing. So I'm happy to uh, accept people who are listening to this podcast, and I'm happy to uh, respond to them if they have any questions. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Al. It's been a wonderful opportunity and exciting to hear you speak, and I look forward to having more conversations because you are a rich resource. So thank you very much. Thanks for Bye having for me. Thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.